Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford coming to you from a very sunny Brighton. Um, and I'm joined by two guests who have also had wonderful weekends. Uh, Kieran Tibbet, Thibault, how are you, my son? Very well. Um, enjoying the sunshine here in Wiltshire as well and buzzing about the victory. Yeah, um, not, not a bad away win for Fulham, was it? No, not not bad at all. Can't go wrong there. Um, yeah, just really happy with it, really. Excellent. And while you were uh, following the game from 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 Wiltshire by various means, I won't uh, detail because you might get a visit from the constabulary. Uh, <laughs> Ollie was actually at the Amex. Ollie Johnson uh, was not with me at the Amex, but I certainly saw you there celebrating wildly. Ollie, um, how's the head? Yeah, not not too bad, not too bad. It's been better, but um, yeah, it was an unbelievable day, wasn't it? Um, I was saying to I was saying to my mates, so around the seventieth, eightieth minute, if we can come away with a nil nil here, it's an absolute robbery. And then Solomon stepped up, and yeah, still can't believe it. Yeah, what's the what's the what's the step up from a robbery? You know, what what, what what's more an aggravated robbery? I don't know. A burglary <laughs> is a burglary worse than a robbery? I don't know. But whatever it is, we did it. Um, and we, we'll get into that a little bit. I am um, acutely aware that uh, that these 1-0 wins away from home are not something that, that we've done a lot of this season, but I think that shows just how, how, how successful we've been. We had to play a different way yesterday uh, because Brighton are a good side, aren't they, Thibaut? You know, yeah. they, they posed us some real problems for a long time in that game, and you know they're, they're not going to go away. For the remainder of the season, they'll be up there. Oh yeah, definitely. They'll they'll definitely be our closest rivals for the rest of the season. That's for sure. I know they have a game in hand, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up against us for the remainder of the season. But as I said on the preview, they're a top side. They're they're on great form, um, and it definitely showed why they are a top side for the majority of that game. Of course, they were dominating possession. They were dominating pretty much every element, really. Um, to which Fulham just couldn't couldn't break through um, into obviously a Man of Solomon's magical moment, um, which eventually won, won us the game. Um, so, I mean, I have full praise for Brighton. I think they did really well. They could have, they had two un- unlucky, unfortunate offside goals. Um, it wasn't unfortunate, mate. That's a well-drilled defence. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, well-drilled defence that is, yeah. But unfortunate on their part anyway. But um, yeah, I think I think in terms of our performance, it wasn't the best. I think we could tell it wasn't the best. We weren't up to it. We were a little bit under usual standards. Um, but of course, we're going to have performances like that, and the fact we came through and still managed to get three points is is just unbelievable. Really, I think it's what got to be one of the most sensational smash and grab results we've in in our history. Um, so yeah, can't go wrong. Another three points, and things are looking bright. Very bright indeed. Nice pun there at the end. Um, <laughs> I'm getting Seiko for Fana at Huddersfield vibes from that Manuel Solomon uh, winner in terms of the last big smash and grab that I can remember. Uh, Ollie, just following on from, from what we just talked about there, we didn't seem to have the ball for the first 25 minutes. We didn't seem to be able to do anything. Like, How worried were you that this was going to be a bit of a massacre at that point? Yeah, to, to be honest, I thought, yeah, as you say, first 20 minutes or so, um, they were all over us and I thought it was going to be quite a long day. Um, but also at the same time, I didn't really go down there with with many expectations I thought I thought Brighton would probably win the game if I'm honest so 
I wasn't too surprised, and especially when I saw Metro was out and we didn't have the outlet up top. Um, yeah, it was just relentless pressure, wasn't it? But so, somehow we've come away with a win. Yeah, we, we, we've come up with another way of playing. And I think probably the back four, uh, and obviously Burnt Leno, who made two. The, the, the thing is, for all of Brighton's made two excellent saves, but for all of Brighton's territory and possession, they didn't fashion too many moments apart from the two offside goals and those two great saves from from Leno. They didn't fashion too many moments outside of those. And that's got to be a credit to, to the defensive um, diligence of the back five, hasn't it, Ollie? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, I don't know if you're going to ask about man of the match later, but I, I will I, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold I'll, it, I'll hold that one off. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but I think, like you're saying, Leno didn't actually have too much to do, um, and that's yeah, that's credit to Reem and Diop, I think, for for getting the blocks in and the tackles in um, throughout the entire game. And a shout for the for the fullbacks as well. I thought I don't, I don't know about you. I thought when Matoma skipped past Kenny Tete early, I thought maybe Kenny's going to have a real tough time on his hands. And Robinson was having problems against uh, Solly March early on, but they both came through that sticky period to to put in really strong displays too, didn't they? Yeah, they did definitely. And um, yeah, I think it's what we've come to expect from them. Um, both been absolutely brilliant this season and I think especially so, since Christmas last sort of four or five games they've been absolutely amazing especially Kenny Tete yeah Kenny Tete baby uh, so, <laughs> I so that's I, I thought you might agree Tibo yeah um, that's three <laughs> clean sheets in a row Tibo that's eight yeah. in total in the Premier League this season and it's... I know we play quite sexy football and like to go forward but successful teams stop the other team from scoring, don't they? They do. Um, it's it's been a real unbelievable, unbelievable turn for our defence. Obviously, prior to the World Cup, um, we were conceding a fair few, um, but since the World Cup, I think I think we've conceded f- how many? I looked yesterday. I think it's about. I think we conceded four goals since coming back from the World Cup, which I think is just sensational. And then that just kind of puts into perspective how well our how well drilled our defence is now. Um, of course, Robinson and Tete, they're reliable on the fullbacks. We know what they're going to do. Um, of course, yesterday, maybe they had a few sticky periods against Matoma and Solly March, but they came through it, as you said, um, and they they put up a real good fight against Brighton. And in terms of Tim Ream and Diop, I think I think we found the centre-back pairing, which works now. Um, of course, we've been chopping and changing with Diop and Tossin, but I think Tim Ream and Diop, they really work well as a unit again now um and they, they know where each other is so if one does this thing the other one does that um so they're well drilled and with leno at the back they have that reserve like that reassurance that if something did go wrong then leno would be there on the scene which we saw plenty of times yesterday for example evan ferguson's early chance leno came out blocked that very efficiently um so I'm really happy to see our defense working as a big unit and it's a it's a real change of scenery really for Fulham because Person, it put us in perspective of being in the Premier League two seasons ago or four seasons ago, whenever we got relegated those two times. We were we were all over the place with defence, and it wasn't our strong point. And clean sheets were our rarity, but we're getting them all over the place now. And it's really brilliant to see. Um, and long may it continue as well, because the less shots we concede, the more goals we're expected to score, and the more points we get. So, yeah. Yeah, and I well, just just to, it does seem strange to have all facets of the team working fairly efficiently all at once. That's not really a very Fulham 
phenomenon. I think um, it just shows the belief that, that Marco Silva's given the team as well, the fact that we can work as one big unit and it's working really well. Of course, we had our, a bit of a blow performance yesterday, but everyone at the end of the day, everyone managed to do their job and we got the win. So um, credit to Marco there for doing a great job in terms of getting the team playing some beautiful football. That's actually a really good point, isn't it, Ollie? You know, we had to grind out a really difficult result here and you're referencing that um, with 10 minutes to go, can we can we, can we we get a draw? Can we, can we hold on for a point? And I think everyone was thinking that. Um, but you can see the spirit within this team and they had to scrap and fight for it. We can play with style, but people have asked, you know, when you're under the cosh, can Fulham stand up and be counted? And we really did yesterday. Yeah, massively so, and I think that's one of the that's one of the amazing things and one of the best things about this squad, and um, something we haven't seen for a long time is you know going into final ten minutes. Usually, if we're one nil up or or it's nil nil, you'd sort of expect us to concede and and lose or draw the game. But for some reason this season, we've we've just been incredible in the last sort of ten minutes or so. I know we had a few unlucky results against sort of the big four, conceding late on, but I think since then, look at look at sort of Chelsea when we drew away. Um, and when we beat them at home, you know, I think we're hanging on at times, but, but we managed to do that. And similar against Brighton, we're hanging on. And actually, instead of conceding the, the goal, we, we scored it and we got the win. Forest last week as well, we're 1-0 up and there was, there was a lot of pressure on us. But we came, came forward and got a second goal. And yeah, it's just brilliant to see that. And it was quite, just staying with you for, for, for the start of this one, then I'll take it to Tibbo. It was interesting how... Um, Silver sort of solved the problems he might have created for himself. So we were struggling in central midfield for, in the first half. There was a little he dropped Pereira a little deeper. I didn't think didn't think it was a game for Pereira yesterday. He, he sort of buzzed around on the periphery. Um, but the the interesting thing is many people criticise Silver for not being proactive in his substitutions, Ollie, and the two substitutes settled the game. I mean, we will need to talk about all elements of this wonderful goal. Hell, let's do it now because I don't know about you. I've repeat, I've had it on repeat. It's, it's been over a thousand views for myself so far. Um, Tim Ream plays a ball that you know Bobby Moore would have been proud of. Drills it into Vinicius, who apparently is useless. I've heard, and you know there was a bloke slagging him off, calling him a conference player when he came on the pitch. I mean, he's turned. I think it's Veltman, isn't it? He spins Veltman around like he's in a like he's in a fast cycle in the washing machine, and then he plays a lovely ball through for for Manuel Solomon. I mean, the goal was absolutely sensational. No, Ollie. Yeah, fully agree. It was it was brilliant from back to front. Um, Tim Ream did really well to, to sort of win the ball, put it straight into Vinicius' feet. His control, his turn, and his ball through. Yeah, everything about it was brilliant. And then Solomon. Um, I think it was his weaker foot as well, wasn't it? Into the far corner. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about the thing about Solomon's finish, actually, the finish was incredible, Thibaut. How about the first touch? He, he has the presence of mind to know he's running in on goal. The first touch puts it's like one of my first touches in Sunday League, trapping it <laughs> further than other people can kick it. But yeah. it, it's perfect to set him up for a first time finish, no? It was a very classy touch, I must say. I mean, but that just shows Solomon's quality um, on the ball, really. I mean, we know he, we know what he's capable of. Of course, he's been unfortunate with the injury. Um, but now that he's getting back to his best and he's enjoying his football again, we're going to see more moments like this, I hope. 
Um, it was an excellent finish. Um, finish the job or finish 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 the move even. Um, and yeah, it was it was brilliant. Um, couldn't get a better touch if you tried. But I think Vinicius also did really well to hold the ball up. So and to, and then to release Solomon perfectly. Um, and then Bosch goal. Bosch indeed. Now Ollie, how did you celebrate? Either the either the goal or, or sort of later on, there would have been a few shenanigans, yes, for a proper full of away day. How did you enjoy yeah, your Yeah, goal was uh yeah, probably the most I've celebrated the goal this season. I think um I was down there with quite a few mates, my cousin and um yeah, we all managed to sort of stand together in the second half. So yeah, absolute bedlam when that when that goal went in. Um yeah, it was it was brilliant. And then we stayed behind afterwards at the Amex, had a pint before getting the train back into Brighton and yeah, quite quite a few people stayed and, and sort of sang songs for a good hour or so. So it was yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, I'm hoping nobody's got footage of me dancing along to um when Fulham win and Chelsea lose. I've never felt more like <laughs> singing the blues because yeah, I'm not meant to dance for various reasons. Firstly, it's not very good dancing, and secondly, it bubbles up my knees, but who cares? After that, it was uh, yeah, I'm hoping that all that camera phone footage has been deleted. Um, I don't have any non-disclosure agreements. It's in, at this in, point we encourage listeners to send in there for Yeah, <laughs> it really is, isn't it? You utter, <laughs> utter, <laughs> utter horrible man, Timo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm sure so that footage will certainly now surface. Um, can we talk about sort of the composition of the team? Uh, Timbo, no Metro yesterday, not on the bench sort of a suggestion that they'll have to manage this injury that we know uh, Mitrovic has been having for probably since before the World Cup, although it's not mm-hmm. quite the same injury, but when you have a serious knee injury, your hamstring can go. He may not play for a couple of games, and so by hook or by crook, we got through it. Bobby Reid did a job. I mean, there wasn't... When we signed Bobby Reid, he was a centre-forward. He scored more than 20 goals in the championship for Bristol City. Um, mm. But it wasn't quite the right outlet for what we needed. And when we got Vinicius on there, Bobby could go and keep on trucking down the wing. Um, and then when we brought Solomon on, he went into the middle. Um, so we, we managed it without the key components of our of our team. Um, yeah. And that's also impressive, isn't it? It is definitely. I think definitely it's unfortunate Mitrovic missed out. I think obviously his injury is... is... It's bugging him a little bit this season, um, but we can hope that he recovers from it quite quickly. Um, so we have him fit, ready for the for the run into the end of the season. Um, in terms of the lineup, um, I think I was a bit I was quite surprised to see Bobby Reed was um, was playing the number nine role, um, but of course he's played it previously at previous clubs. And I think Bristol City was one he played at, um, and of course we trust in we trust in whatever Silver's plan was. I think he said in the Chelsea game when Mitrovich was out that his plan B was to put Bobby Reed through the middle. Um, so it was it would have been interesting to see how it went. Of course, it was in it, he Bobby Reed did well. Of course, we didn't have many moments on the ball, um, and I, I do feel that we did lack a focal point kind of going forward a little bit, especially in the first half, because we're used to having that main man up there that we try and get the ball to. I think. I'm not criticising Bobby Reid at all because I think he did a really good job and he's certainly someone I'd like to see play in in that role again in the future should we need him. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think the game suited him in being playing in that role. Hence, bringing on Vinicius was a, was a good substitution from Silva. Um, I think could he have done it a bit earlier, maybe. But at the same time, I trust the substitutions. He got us the win, so I can't complain. 
Um, but I think having that focal person at the top, at like going forward is, is vital for us because that's kind of how we, how we plan and how we play. Um, obviously, Vinicius, I think we, I do think he obviously got a really good assist. He did his job. Um, I do think come the summer, we do need to strengthen in a striker position, especially if Mitch Rich is going to be struggling with injuries and stuff. But um, I do think we cope, we cope well with Vinicius, of course. Bobby Reed went on the wing eventually and then Solomon came on. I think, yeah, I think we did really well, but um, it, I think we need to start Vinicius and then if it doesn't work, then bring on Bobby Reed or something. But yeah, we did, we did all right. All right. Well, uh, and a slightly a little bit there, but no, that's all right, pal. I mean, I'm the king of waffles, so you go for it. <laughs> uh, Ollie, a slight corollary then. Um, how do we get Manuel Solomon into this team? Because he's now scored two goals and they have really good finishes. And there's obviously a match sharpness thing he's got to get right up for 90 minutes in the Premier League because it's quite a grueling experience after a serious injury. But he looks sharp and we need to see more of him, don't we? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, in the next few games, I'm hoping he'll get at least one start there and, and hopefully start coming onto the pitch earlier, I suppose, depending how the game is going. But yeah, he's he looks very, very good, doesn't he? Um, and it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? Having sort of two wingers who have been starting and playing very, very well and have Solomon sort of, uh, working his way into the team as well, so yeah, it's a good, it's a good problem for Silver to have. I'd like to see more of Solomon, but at the same time, you can't drop Willian, can you? And and I don't think you can really drop Bobby Reid either. He's been, he's been brilliant, and they both offer such incredibly high work rates, which is, uh, I think, sort of very, very important to the way that we're playing, and and also the three clean sheets we've had in a row. I think obviously the back four will get all the plaudits, but I think that the work rate from the front back is. Um, yeah, it's priceless, really. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and your your point about work ethic, Marco Silva demands real um, commitment and, and determination and desire from his players. And you could see that, you know, they were so tired. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this, um, but they all stood in the centre circle for a good three minutes or so after the final whistle. They didn't run to the away end. I don't know if it was... Uh, my thinking was they couldn't because they put so much into that game. They all sort of trudged slowly towards the away end and then the, the scene started. Now, I, I have had to pinch myself this morning, lads, um, mm. because the, the news... And I had to go and buy a newspaper to see it written down, right? As we are talking, Fulham are in sixth in the Premier League. They've won 11 games with 38 points from 24 matches, 38. So I think we can safely say that we'll be having another Premier League season at Craven Cottage. And I am touching the wood that is on the that my desk comprises of right now <laughs> because I don't want to tempt fate even now. But, you know, there's still 14 games to go. Um, that three clean sheets in a row. Anyone want to guess the last Fulham manager to have masterminded three clean sheets in the Premier League in a row? Probably Roy, Hod- Roy Hodgson. No, no, to so, Ollie. So Scott, Scott Parker. It is Scott Parker. Yeah, it is Scott Parker. The three games that he took over um, immediately after uh, Fulham dispensed with Claudio Ranieri and we got a win. I think it was Bournemouth, Everton and Cardiff. And that probably gave him the full-time job 
So maybe we could find a pen and and get Marco that contract extension. Uh, oh, he's deserved it. He needs it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go all all uh, Rio Ferdinand on you, lads, but surely just let him write the numbers down. Give him what he wants. You know. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And uh, just one other stat as well, because we've struggled away from home um, consistently. Uh, so we've now got five away wins in the league this season. That equals the most in the Premier League era um, in, in, the, in the top flight by, uh, by, by Fulham. It's the most even of a top flight Fulham side ever. It equals Chris Coleman's 2003-2004 uh, team that, that went on to finish ninth. Um, and that's extraordinary, really. Uh, given given how we were expected to struggle, and they've been different types of away wins, but none of them have been quite as gritty as that. And I think we've referenced both of us the how we've dug in to to get those wins, lads. I'll start with you, Tibo. Really important that we can we can get those tough wins at difficult places to go, uh, because these points and Silver is very clear that he wants more and more points. I love that man so much. He is a genius. <laughs> um, uh, he wants more and more points, and it will help if you can uh, get get those away wins. Absolutely, I mean, getting any sort of points is 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 the way to go, really, in terms of moving up the table. And I think getting the little wins like this is you you just take them, you move on. Um, it, they're obviously unexpected. Um, definitely a definition of a smash and grab yesterday, especially as we were on the back the back foot for most of the most of the game but you you take them of course we've we've gone to the majority of we've we've gone into every game with the belief and the desire that we can get more than more than a point or leave at least leave with something um of course some of some of them we haven't some of them we've we've come away with a point um particularly against the top five sides but of course we've still got to play lots of them again um but we've we've gone to some tough places um especially yesterday i think the brighton the brighton crowd they always get behind their team and it definitely showed yesterday um, but of course, the same the same as with us at Craven Cottage. Of course, when any any team that comes to Craven Cottage is is fearful um, of of how of what Fulham could do, and with the crowd behind them as well. I mean, anything's possible, really. Um, so, yeah, it, it's brilliant that we can go anywhere with the belief and the the, the calmness to to get the job done. Uh, and I credit Silver for that. He's he's done brilliantly. Um, we've sort we've seen it plenty of times last season as well. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right there, mate. Um, a different question to Ollie. Do we dare sort of adjust our sights upwards now? Um, you know, which European competition would you like to be in? The Conference League, the Europa League, the Champions League? If we beat Wolves on Monday on <laughs> Friday night, we're in the top four. I mean, am I dreaming or is this actually happening, mate? <laughs> oh, I mean, don't ask me. I, I feel like I'm dreaming as well. Like I, I can't quite believe it. Um yeah, obviously, Champions League would be insane. I um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll get it. No, I think I think that's a being a bit ambitious, isn't it? But yeah, you know, with the, the other two, I don't think Europa League is beyond us. If I'm honest, I don't think Spurs are looking very good at all this season. They've sort of been carried by Harry Kane for a while, haven't they? And then I think the news has come out that um, Conte probably won't stay beyond the summer. So maybe the motivation drops off there. Bentaker's got his injury now as well, so. Yeah, if we can keep up uh, this form, then there's no reason we can't 
we can't get into fifth. Obviously, there's teams behind us with games in hand. So I think that's probably the the thing that could prevent us. But yeah, if we can get the Thorn, then then there's every chance that we can get into Europe, um, whether that's Europa League or or maybe more likely it's Conference League. Um, but I think the the thing that gives me hope is is how many games this season have we lost by more than a goal? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's only two games. And I think it was Newcastle when they beat us at the cottage, but we played with 10 men for 80 minutes. And then uh, the away game at West Ham, where we lost 3-1. And I think... Oh, don't remind me about that game. If you look at that, if we can keep that up, then Mm. there's there's no reason we we can't push into Europe. And, that, and that's an extraordinary um, statement to make, really, given where we where we started this season. Um, just then, one more to to finish. You, you referenced it earlier. I, I need the two of you to select a man of the match. It doesn't have to be the same. I'm going to start with you, Ollie. We're, we're very difficult yesterday because barring sort of, and I don't like to dig people out, but barring a couple of players who weren't really at it, everyone was outstanding. So, you know... Give us a pick of a few players and then settle on one if you if you if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, it's a difficult decision. I think I touched on it earlier. For me, it's probably between um, Diop or Reem. I think obviously Leno was great, um, Teto was great, Robinson was was as well. But um, yeah, I think Diop or Reem. I I really don't think there was much between them. But um, I'll say Reem. Um, just just yeah. To be honest, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Reem would you do. Have, I, I know I'm here, but um, it could go you, to you. You could have picked anyone, really. And we haven't had you on the podcast for a while. Most of us have waxed lyrical about Tim Reem. Can you tell us how impressed you've been and by by, by the, his consistency of performances this season? It's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I think, um, yeah, he's... he's um, He's looking probably like one of my players of the season. Um, and I'm sure everyone would agree with that. I think no one really thought that um, he could have the impact that he has this season. Um, I'm, I'm someone that sort of believed that he could could make the step up, um, staying injury-free. But obviously, when you look at his age, 35, it's it's astonishing that he's played, I think it's the most minutes in the Premier League this season and, and being a big part of a very solid defence. Yeah, extraordinary. We, we love Tim Riemann. It is worth saying, he's a the op. He made a crucial block in the first half where he got out to cover. I think the two, Thibaut made the point about uh, having a settled centre-back partnership. All I would say is you've got some strength in reserve now with Shane Duffy and uh, and Tosin Adarabayo, you know, not getting in the team at the moment. They're not bad centre-backs to have as your sort of third and fourth choice. Uh, right then, Thibaut, where are you going for man of the match? What, this what's is a your... difficult one, but... I think in, I'm going along the same sort of lines as Ollie there. Um, of course, huge credit to Leno, huge credit to Reem, Tete, Robinson, Diop, all at the back. Uh, I think they all put out nine, ten out of ten performances. Um, you picked him, Reem, Ollie. I'm going to pick him to Diop just to complete the set. Um, oh, okay. But he was brilliant. Um, he he got every block in. He made some crucial tackles, and I think he was he was really really looked looking solid yesterday. And gave West Ham fans a reason to cry about the fact that they even sold him to us in the first place. Um, I think he's getting back to his best. And he's he's been a crucial player for us and long may it continue. I think he's brilliant. So it seems absurd to say this, but £15 million for Issa Diop is a bargain, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, at the 
moment he's he's looking to like he's I think Fulham. I think I heard on match today that Fulham have got the third best defensive record in the league at the moment, and that all goes down to Tim Ream and Issa Diop. That that basically tells you all you need to know, really. I think it's the fourth. Well, so uh, I think it's the third best away record. Oh, well, yeah, um, must be. I, I heard you say something about third best. Yeah, so we've conceded yeah, thirty goals in total. Um, I'm looking. So Arsenal twenty three, Manchester City twenty four. Manchester United 28, Newcastle only 15. I mean, that's extraordinary. Um, I'm going down. Uh, Brighton 28, 29, Liverpool 28, Chelsea 23. It must be the away uh, record then, or something. Yeah, it is the away record, but I'm just comparing all those teams in the top half. We're still, you know, 30 goals, given what, given that, you know, you used to, we used to concede multiple of two per game not too long ago. Is, Still extraordinary for the way that we play as well, and the risks, the risks that we take out. Um, I, I don't disagree with either of you. It, it would need to be one of the centre backs or the goalkeeper uh, for me after a performance of that magnitude. But I'd love to be able to give man of the match to uh, Manuel Solomon, given that he was only on the pitch for so, such a short amount of time and produced a decisive moment. Um, we do need to to give Manuel Solomon a shout out. Right. I need to wrap this up because otherwise we're going to run out of time. Um, so <laughs> I need to I need to say uh, a couple of bits of any other business. Well done to Fulham's men's under 18s who put six past Aston Villa yesterday. They scored four in the first half. Really good performance from Ali Minnell's under 18s. Well done to Ollie O'Neill who made his senior debut at Derry City on Friday night in a 1-1 draw at uh, St. Patrick's Athletic. One to watch that League of Ireland season just got underway um, on Friday night. Congratulations to all the Fulham loanees who are in action for their for their uh, loaned clubs uh, over the weekend. We need to say well done to Fulham's female under-18s who are into the League Cup uh, latter stages. I think it's the final uh, after the semi-finals, excuse me, after beating Axonis 19-0 yesterday morning. They, cer- they certainly did not ease off towards the end there, 19-0. Um, and, and there is a point to be made. I know we'll get people crying about, you know, competitive scorelines or uncompetitive scorelines in, in women's football. Um, I'm, I'm an Acton boy, as many of you know, and Actonians have uh, really come in to women's football over the last five years. They're, they're a level below the um, the WSL setup at the moment, their first team, and they promote most of their young players into the first team. So it was Fulham's development squad, under-18s, against sort of Actonian's next level of youth team, um, which might account for some of the disparity, but take nothing away from Jodie Williams and her players. Um, unfortunately, I'm still in Brighton because Fulham were meant to be playing Worthing um, in the you know, Fulham's women were meant to be playing Worthing today. They're not. Um, it was postponed. Uh, but there is more Fulham women's action coming up this week. The women have entered the uh, combined counties midweek league cup, and their first game is on Wednesday night against CB Hounslow at Motspur Park. You can get along for free um, if you want to come and support Fulham's women. And their league campaign resumes next weekend. They're going for the title because you have to win the title to go up uh, at the moment with the way women's football uh, is structured. 
Uh, and just to finish off, Fulham's under-21s drew 2-2 with Manchester City on Friday night at Motspur Park. Goals, of course, from Luke Harris. And then a, a really good goal from Sonny Hilton um, after he pounced on some questionable goalkeeping from Mickey uh, Van Sass in the Manchester City goal. Uh, that put Fulham 2-0 up. And then Manchester City, who were right towards the top of that um, division, roared back and, and could easily have won the game in the second half. 2-2, a good scoreline and more um, a fair scoreline, should I say. Not a good scoreline for Fulham. We'd have liked to have won it. Um, but more evidence of uh, Fulham's improvements in the PL2 at under-21 level under Steve Wigley. Uh, much more to come this week from us. Look out for a few uh, podcasts. The boys will be back to do uh, Wolves in depth in the week. So all that remains is for me to thank the two lads who've suffered through my hosting. That was Kieran Sibbett and Ollie, Ollie Johnson. Thanks for coming on, mate, and telling us all about a wonderful day on the South Coast. Hope to have you back soon. Cheers, Dan. Yeah, good to be on. And um, yeah, it's been a great weekend. It has been a great weekend. All that remains for me to say is that Marco Silva is definitively a genius. Prepare the contract extension and come on, you whites. <laughs>